Oh, absolutely. Good morning, Tim. Thank you for having me. It's been everything you dreamed it would be. I frequently use this uh, this analogy in talking about candidates who win elections, the dog that caught the car. Now, what do you do with it? And you're finding out there's plenty to do, I'm sure. Yes, there is never a lack of something to do. Now, you have attracted a lot of attention from the first day. You campaigned on some of this stuff. It got a lot more specific after you took office. The, the mm-hmm. Some would say infamous or notorious day one memo, depending on how one feels <laughs> about some of what you plan to do. Uh, you talked about some of your plans for that office, dramatic departures from what has been done before. Uh, your response to the reaction, what has been the most controversial, from your perspective, component of the day one memo? I think just the fact that it was written um, (laughs) and that it was actually put out there, I think that sort of surprised some people. But, you know, everything that's in that memo is stuff that I had spoken about on the campaign trail in in most of the candidate forums. Yes, it got a little bit more specific. But, you know, the other thing is, is people would be surprised that many of the things that are in that memo were practices already in place. And, and, things and and procedures and ways of thinking about the work that we do in the DA's office. And so what the memo serves is as a way of guidepost. Here are some of the parameters. It's also served as a great starting point for conversations. You know, whenever you have transitions of this type, and this is a major transition, right? It's after 20 years of having one particular type of a prosecutor, one particular type of a DA comes in the middle that we're also having a transition in our sheriff's office and also, um, you know, 14 DA offices that have changed in leadership. So it's, it's one in, you know, a magnitude of other changes that are significant for our region and for the state of Georgia. Well, talk about a couple of things specifically. Uh, number one, you're saying no death penalties. You're not going to pursue death penalty trials as a prosecutor in Clark and Oconee counties. Let me point to a specific case, and we're all aware of this case. Uh, let us suppose that what happened in Cherokee County and Fulton County just a couple of days ago happened here. A white man taking aim at minorities and killing several of them. You would not pursue the death penalty in that kind of a case. I would not pursue the death penalty in any kind of a case. I do believe that, you know, that is one step too far. We do have other kinds of sentencing options that are left to us, for example, life without parole. And those are pretty significant. I think when you look at the idea of a death penalty, first of all, in Athens and Oconee, we haven't had a death penalty case in many, many years. And the one time that we did, the jury itself refused to then sentence this person to death. So I think our community has been pretty you know, open and straightforward that this is not something that they condone, that we have other ways to address the very serious issue that there is. Um, And that at the end of the day, killing somebody, taking that person's life does not bring back the person who was actually taken from us in the very beginning or people. You know, and I've been very, very vocal since um, these attacks on these massage parlors, on these particular six Asian women who were killed. You know, this is one of the reasons why it was so important that the legislature passed the hate crimes bill, the idea that some of these 
particular crimes are racially motivated and that they should be addressed and charged and prosecuted as such. Uh, I should point out it does not appear, at least at this moment, that race was the factor in this specific case. But be that as it may, Deborah Gonzalez, District Attorney, I want to talk about what's going on in the DA's office because everybody else is. And let's get your take mm-hmm. on this. Uh, I'm hearing two things uh, regarding the the exit of prosecutors in the DA's office, and you can give us the numbers here, but I'm hearing two things. I'm hearing from you, this is standard, this happens when a new district attorney takes Mm -hmm. over. I'm hearing from other DAs who say what is happening specifically here is unprecedented. You're reaching out to the prosecutor's (laughs) counsel to get help in some of the trials that start next week. First of all, give us the numbers. How many have left? How many were there when the start? What is fully staffed, and what are you looking at now? Yeah, so when I walked into the office on January 1st, there were over four vacancies. And I say over because usually what we focus on here are the vacancies that um, deal with the attorneys themselves, right? That seems to be the focus is who has left in terms of the attorneys. And so there were four vacancies just when I walked in. Two of them, of course, were my opponents, right? Brian Patterson and James Chafin who, because they lost, resigned um, from the office. So there were two vacancies right there just to begin with. Uh, Since I have come into office, there have been seven uh, resignations. What I did was I did not come in and just fire everybody. If you look at other DA offices, that is something that some of the newly elected DAs did. They came in, they basically cleaned house. I took a different approach. I spoke with each of them. I said, I will, you know, give you a chance. Hope you guys give me the benefit of the doubt. Let's talk about this. If it's not for you, then find something else. And I gave them that opportunity to find another opportunity for them to then go out. And not everybody is going to stay when there is a change of leadership. And I think that's true in any office. Once you have a newly elected official that comes into office that does things differently, people will say, you know, I agree with that or I don't agree with that. I need to find another place. Not everything is a perfect match. And so, yes, to me, this is just part of the natural way that things happen. When Ken Molden came in, everybody left in that situation, too. Nobody made the big uh, thing that it is here. But, you know, as people focus on who has left, let me also say that we've had 10 new hires, you know, six significant ADA hires, people who come in with 10 or more years of experience. In fact, the first hire was a gentleman who happened to have been a judge for 18 years and then a prosecutor for 10. So these are not people who are being hired straight out of law school. These are not people who come from, you know, uh, one or two years of practicing law out of law school. These are people who have significant years of experience who can come in, can hit the ground running. And in fact, those who have been hired are in the courtroom right now. D.A. Deborah Gonzalez mentioning that trials are right around the corner starting Monday in Oconee County the following week uh, in Clark County and mentioned, too, that those trials in Clark County are going to be held at the Classic Center, social distancing Mm -hmm. in mind. Uh, Specifically a murder trial. You don't get many of these in Oconee County. Uh, It's a murder that was committed in the summer of 2019. A 19-year-old, Joseph Jackson, shot and killed during a drug deal. Uh, You ready for these kind of cases, murder trials? Yes, we are. We're ready. And as you mentioned before, I did reach out to the um, Prosecuting Attorneys Council. This is sort of the umbrella organization where elected officials 
district attorneys as well as solicitor general are members and they are there to offer support, to offer um, guidance, to make sure that we have what we need in order to get uh, the, the, the work that we need to get out. They also have a litigation division that is there specifically to help uh, DAs if they need some additional help because of the way that HR regulations were structured. On the state level, we had budget-neutral hiring, which meant that if a person left, I would have to wait until they were paid out in their retirement. And because of some of the people who left, such as Brian and James Jason, who were there the longest, that meant I would have to wait four to six months in order to bring in a new ADA to replace them. On the county level, they had a 120-day hiring hold, meaning, again, that if a person resigned, I would have to wait 120 days in order to replace them. Since then, on March 1st, the Prosecuting Attorney's Council and the state has eliminated. They've been able to stop the budget-neutral hiring, and I've been able to get waivers for uh, the 120-day wait at the county, and that's why we're able to bring in these people. But at the point that this was happening, while these particular policies were still in place, we had to prepare for these trials. And so I needed the extra help because I was not going to be able to bring in the people necessary because of these restrictions in time to have them prepare for the trials. Our so, DA Deborah Gonzalez, uh, up against it here, I want to ask one quick question in closing mm-hmm. here and a very yeah. quick answer if I can. Uh, notably, you had never prosecuted a case while you sought the office of district attorney. Will you in these upcoming trials be prosecuting any of the cases yourself personally? I am not a lead prosecutor on any of the cases. We have our ADAs. We have our special prosecutors. However, you will see me in the courtroom. You will see me working with defense attorneys. I've been doing that for weeks now. You will see me working with the victims and their families into resolving many of these cases sort of behind the scenes. You know, a Deborah Gonzalez, up against it, we, we absolutely have to leave it there, up against the bottom of the hour and a half. Okay. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Best of luck as these trials get underway. Thank you so much, Tim. Have a great day.